yesterday about the zrizas which is necessary before a person does a mitzvah, and we saw a big tradition to this show that he says that what's the reason why a person, if he has the opportunity to do a mitzvah, shouldn't leave it for later, even though he intends to do it. It's not like he thinks I'm not going to do it. He thinks I'm going to do it. But he doesn't run to do it right now. So what's the problem going to be? So he saw a very tradition, and that is that if a person is, has the opportunity to do a mitzvah and he doesn't do it, he's best in showing Hashem it's not that important to me. And therefore, that itself creates a kitruk which Hashem is going to take the opportunity away from him. And therefore he says it's a sakana and sakana because by not doing a mitzvah, which is a person is able to do, it's ke'ilu jeopardizing his ability to do it. It's like showing Hashem, I don't really want to do it. And he made it, either someone else will do it, like we saw yesterday, or he won't be, he'll be prevented from doing it, or the opportunity won't be there anymore. The three things that Mishra's term gives is the examples of what will happen if a, when a person doesn't utilize the opportunity to do a mitzvah as soon as they can. On the other hand, when a person does demonstrate the zrizus, to do a mitzvah as soon as you can, so then that gives them the siyat of the shemayi to do a mitzvah better. Now, if you saw the last time that uh, to, to run for a dvar mitzvah, there's even a chaylik in how to help in doing the mitzvah better, because there's a certain siyat of the shemayi when a person shows that they're not losing the opportunity, that HaKadosh Baruch helps them do it. Just as an aside, the first explain this, uh, the Gemara in Kiddush. The Gemara says that Perhaps a person should get married younger. And if a person gets to 20, he doesn't get married, so I go to the Tefah Chas Moisef. The Hashem says, I ask him, Hashem waits for a person to get married. After that, Kodesh Baruch Hu, he gives up on him. Now, the Meiri explains that Gemara, and that is that when uh, it's an interesting Mary. When we Chazal talk about the Zivug which HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepared for a person 40 days uh, before he was born, the Basque was the Basque the Plani, and that would be what they call Zivug Rishon, so that's available to a person until he turns 20. And if at 20 he hasn't decided he doesn't want to marry her yet, Hashem says, okay, you don't want it. No, you have to keep it for you. He or she? Yeah, it's, the is he because he's got the mitzvah. That's okay. You can find you to somebody else. But, and therefore, Mary says, if a person gets married after 20, it's ready to get a Zivok Shani. Uh, now, it could be that the Zivok Shani is the same person, but it's not the same getter. In other words, beforehand, it would be a getter of that Hashem is organizing, this is the person right here and setting it up. Afterwards, it's the female. If he deserves it, he doesn't deserve it, that's how the house is going to dictate how the Shiloh is going to run. I don't know if you pass that like that, Mary, necessarily. But uh, the Yisrael is the same principle, and that is if, if a mitzvah is available and you don't want to take the opportunity, yes, then you lose opportunity, isn't it? It doesn't wait forever. Okay, so that's just an example of the same Yisrael, and that is if a person has something to do, to do a mitzvah, he shouldn't wait with it. Now, now, that's the first point that the says. Again, about the Zerizus, which is necessary in order to start doing the mitzvah. And now he's going to say another thing. Almost literally means after death. Yeah, Hashem will lead us after death also. But the Chazal, the Midrash, explains it as one word, Alamis, which means like a young child. It's called an Elam, or we're talking about a young girl, an Alama. So he'll lead us like little children. 
and then that was what being dead with little children means. So Chazal said that Brazrizus Shmeidan Ole Mosa. Brazrizus. He'll lead us in the, in the way which we work Brazrizus. Okay, in like children. They're always running. They don't walk slowly to get somewhere. They want to get somewhere they run. Why that? Young children, the favors, they're playing with the drum. But the message means that the marshal is given to the children. So what does it mean? So we see that there's a certain natural zrizus that a child has, and Hashem will lead us like that. What does it mean Hashem will lead us with zrizus? So listen to what Mr. Shalom says. He says a chiddush. I need to explain it. He says ki zrizus he midas hashleimus kato. Zrizus is a is a very high level of shleimus. Hashetivish l'adam moyne menato, and there's something which naturally a person doesn't do. The nature of a person prevents him from getting that level of shleimus. And a person who nevertheless is misgabe and tries as best as he's able to to reach a level of Jesus. So it could be he won't reach it now. But in the future, Kodesh Baruch will, will reward him by making him a Zaris. A person isn't naturally a Zaris. But if a person works hard on his misgabe to try as much as he's able to become a Zaris now, the reward will be that he will become his eyes in the future. Part of the schar that a person gets for the avoid that he does here is that he, is that he becomes his eyes. That's something until we saw some Zishar, we never thought about people. We think of schar about a level of, of Kedusha, we think about schar as a certain level of Yedisha a certain level of Hanoah from Ruchnius, and I see a new kind of schar. The, the schar is will become a zaris. A zaris for what? what, what what's the gather of? We see zaris as part of our avoid. That's something we have to do to to serve Hashem better. Why is there a level of reward of becoming a zaris? Is this the gemara in the katan of Yes, and I'll explain it So what what does it mean that that the reward a person gets for trying here to be a zaris, which you can't be, or you can't really, because it's not the tab of a person, but it'll become a zaris there. So, the side is like this. There is no explains, and it's brought in the Shagadisha, Arichus, that, and we've spoken about this lots of times, there are four different elements which make up a person. Offer, Mayim, ancient and Avim. The, as opposed to Malachim, which, even though they also have all four elements, but uh, on a more Ruchnistic level. And, the, le- the most physical of those four elements, which is the offer of a person, is something which drags a person down, slows a person down. The tab of offer is not to move, the tab of offer is to remain in the same place, and therefore the nature of a person is physically, it is not automatically as there is on the contrary. A person by, defin- by nature, by his tab, is more likely to be an self, and he has to work to overcome the rightness. But the Maya is it's a Metzius which is part of him because one of the factors of the Midas offer, which is a physical person that everybody has is that, that drag of Atlas which holds him back from being able to be a Zaris properly. Whereas Malachim, we don't have that. So whenever the Malachim are described as doing something, it's always they're doing it quickly. Uh, look at the, the description of Yechezkel, for example, of the Merkava. It's that they're going to Kamari Abbas, like flashes of lightning. And they're running forward and backwards. 
The Malachim aren't described as going slowly, the Malachim are always described as going very fast. And the reason for that is, the reason for that is, is because they don't have that, uh, the fact or the handicap of the offer which is holding them back. So you might, they, they can go much faster, they can move more, much more quickly. And it's not just a physical thing that they can, you know, that they can transport themselves in a quicker way. It's the inside. The offer isn't just how fast a person travels to do something, it's how quickly he gets himself to do it. And when a person doesn't have the offer holding him back, so then immediately, if something is available to do on the spot, the person does it. Now, here we see a yisod in the madness of a person. And that is, when a person's nefesh is integrated with his body. So even though the ruch, the nefesh of a person are more ruchni in nature, and therefore, it could be that right now that they've been put into a physical body, the mice, the, the body is just like a co- uh, uh, something like a, a, a clothing around them that holds the person back. It's like, let's see if a person tries to get into a suit of armor and run, it'll be very difficult to run because in the suit of armor it's very heavy and it's very bulky. It's not easy to run like that. But if that would be the case, as soon as the person jumps out of the suit of armor, he's back to himself. It doesn't. Uh, it's just while he's in it that it's hard to move. But it doesn't affect him intrinsically. The side here is different. As we would think that when a nefesh comes into a body, the body is like that clumsy suit of armor which is hard to go quickly with. It's hard to be as ours with. But that's just because it's the nature of a body. As soon as the ruach is out of the body, it goes back to its nature of being a ruach. And if that's the case, it's automatically gone back to uh, acting the way a ruach would act, which is, isn't encumbered with the body which, which holds it down. And here we see, and this is Yisrael Gadol, it's not like that. When the mefesh is put into the body, it's not just like clothed by the body and unaffected by the body. Exactly the opposite. The nefesh is affected by the body. And therefore the bad news of the body affects the person's nefesh. And the khidish, which, uh, which comes out of this, is that even after uh, the nefesh leaves the body, and then there's no reason for those bad medicines anymore, but the, mass, the, mass, the nefesh still has them. It's learned them from the body it was in, and it doesn't get rid of them. It's now stuck with them. So you have a tremendously cra- uh, interesting idea. It sounds a bit crazy to us, but think about it. You have a ruchni nefesh without a body, who's very lazy, is a big baltaiva, whatever other mirrors it picked up for the body, it still has. It still has. And how does it work? How does it work? The nefesh was the double ruchni which was put into the body. The body might have those tendencies. While the nefesh inside the body, so it lives with those tendencies too. But when it comes back out of the body, so why is it still affected by that? And here we see an interesting insight, and it's an important insight. And that is because the nefesh is mushed from the body. Negatively. We're talking about the nefesh. The nefesh is, even the ruch to some extent, is mushed from the body. Negatively, and therefore that's what the body wanted from the. Then that remains what the nefesh wants, even though the nefesh can't get it, even though it's not appropriate for a nefesh. A nefesh is a spiritual thing, or a ruach is a spiritual thing, and therefore a spiritual thing wanting something physical, it's just like it's it's incompatible. But once a person has inner body, and that's what his body wanted, he doesn't change. And I want to tell you something scary. That is all says. There's a side of punishment called Kafakera. What's the idea of Kafakera? Like what the name indicates. If you take a stone with a Kafakera, which means a sling, you put it back and you let it go, and the stone will fly up in there as far as this can go, and then it's going to come back down again. 
By that time, when it comes down, it goes right back into the tongue sling, and now it gets, uh, goes right back up again. It goes, starts ba- bouncing up and down the whole time. What's this punishment? It says that result. It says, the Pasuk says, that Abigail tells him, the nefesh of your enemy is David, are going to land up in the kafakara. What is a kafakara? This idea that they're being thrown up and falling down, thrown up and falling down the whole time. What does it mean? It says, it says that result. What happens is after a person like that dies, so his nefesh wants to go back to Shemayim, which is the spiritual source it's meant to come from. It tries. But the mice is still too attached to everything the body wants. So it gets pulled back down here again. But it doesn't have a body to go into. Because the body is dead. So it tries to go back to Shemaim again. But it can't go to Shemaim. Shemaim is Ruchni. And a body and a nefesh is physical things. There's no place. It comes back down again. And Mimela is left homeless. It doesn't have a place. Because it doesn't have a body in the physical world to go into in order to be able to connect to a physical thing. But Mitzar Hashani, if that's all that it wants, it has no place in Shemaim. Because there's no place in Shemaim for nefesh. It only wants physical pleasure or physical excesses. It doesn't exist in Shemaim. And therefore, we see the same misad, what the, we see here in the Shem too, and that is that the nefesh of a person is affected by the midas of his body. And if a person doesn't do anything about it, so then it, even after he dies, and he doesn't have a body, it's just a nefesh, but it's a nefesh with midas, which, which, with bad midas of a physical nature. And that's something, like I said, which doesn't work. There isn't a place for such a thing. And that's why we call kafaka, it doesn't have a home. It doesn't have a home here in the, in the world because it doesn't have a body to go into. It doesn't have a home in Shemayim because there isn't anything in Shemayim which, which has a physical side to it like that. This, this, this sounds like somebody. Who's, who's lazy, to him, he's training his nefesh to enjoy being lazy. And if that's okay, so the nefesh leaves the body, it's going to be a lazy nefesh. It's going to be an otzel of a nefesh. Or nefeshers don't have no reason to be otzel, they don't have a body. But the body trains the nefesh. And then we have a problem, because now we have the nefesh with the bad tendencies that are picked up from the body. It's meant to be the other way around. What's meant to be is, is that the nefesh is meant to influence the body, the other way around, not get influenced by it. But, the aside therefore, and that is that, it's true that there's certain myths which by definition are physical in nature and come from the physical body. Both things which bad myths which the body makes the person want, or makes the person interested in, and bad minutes which it prevents a person from doing because it's the nature of the body. As much as a person lets those minutes, so to speak, rule his life and dictate what he wants, it's, going, it's, not, it's not just something which is going to remain with him when he's physical. People think, yeah, here and in this world, I've been broken lots of times, you know, it's a big mistake. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm a person, and I'm a, a person has his tithes and his yitzarim and his minutes, and I'm that's here, but when I go to Shemayim, I'll be a big tzaddik, because I'll serve in the Shema. It doesn't work like that. The person doesn't automatically turn into a tzaddik when he goes to Shemayim. We're seeing much more, and not only that, we see other other. A person's midas here can go into, so to speak, affect his nefesh, and now the nefesh has become made physical, or become connected to something magushim. And he decides to do the other way around. And that is the amount that a person works to overcome his body over here. So even though that's never going to happen 100%, it's impossible, he has a body. A person can't destroy his body, and a person can't completely overcome his body. But what he can do is he can train his nefesh not to get influenced by his body. And then that's the that's the, that's the difference lost in love. Because then if that's the case, even as long as a person's here, it's impossible to overcome completely a midah which is which is sourced in the body. 
I'll give you an example. There's a middle of Taiwasakhila. There's a middle of Taiwasakhila. Now, a person is able to control that murder to some extent. How much am I going to let myself eat? Am I going to carry it away by food? Am I going to restrain myself from eating too much? Do I dream about food? Or am I able to overcome that, that, that kind of drive? But to some extent, every living person is a type of sakhila. He would die without it. Rav uh, used to say that if a person lived a type of sakhila, only the tzaddikah dar would be alive. Because they would understand that we have to force ourselves to eat because that's uh, Everyone else, uh, if, they didn't, if they didn't want to eat, they wouldn't. But the material is, as long as the person's alive, so yes, he feels hungry. After he eats, he feels satisfied. It's something which is a nature of a person. It's not something which a person can take away. Same thing, people enjoy sleeping. It's a material. As long as a person's physical, he has a body, his body gets tired. He sleeps, he feels refreshed. Now, that doesn't mean a person has to get, no, to let the tired to sleep run away with him. But Lemaise says there's a certain Hanor that isn't sleeping. As much as a person is a person, he's not going to be able to get rid of that. And so any other middle which is sourced in the guf, as long as the person has a guf, he has a body, so those things exist. The Yisai, the Yisai the, the, teaching us here, is that if a person is trying to miscaber on the middle, as much as he can here, so here he won't be able to do it. Because the Shleim is which a person is a person can't get to, but the Asid Lava he will get there. And therefore the person is trying to be a Zaris here, will he be an absolute Zaris? No. No. Because he has a, he has a guf, and the guf by definition isn't a Zaris. But as much as he's working on Zerizus, what he's doing is he's making sure that his nefesh doesn't get influenced by his guf. And therefore, when after he dies, and the, guy, the nefesh leaves the body, un, unfettered, unconnected to the types of the body. He's always working against those types. And therefore now that he isn't forced into them because he doesn't have that connection to his body, Adav, his nefesh is free. Masha'enke, the nefesh is still bound, connected, chained to the body, then it gets stuck. It gets stuck, because then the nefesh wants what the body wants. The nefesh can't have what the body wants, it's not a body anymore. So now the nefesh is nowhere to go. And therefore, the point of, of as much as we're able, working to overcome the midas which are the nature of a person. We might not see the full result here, because that's not possible here. But the, what it does is, it, it creates a, a, a koyach in the person's nefesh that it not, it's not going to get influenced by his body. Let me give you a marshal for this. And, uh, maybe you can relate to better. A person's in a society where they exp- there's a lot of things which they don't like about it, which are bad about it. But if a person's living in such a, in such a place and such with such people like that around him, he's going to be always exposed to what they're doing or what they how they're dressing, what they're talking about, it's going to influence him. And even if you learn, if someone who wasn't such a, in such a place and was open to the influences of the society around him, give it a few years, even if you take him out of his place and put him somewhere else, the master, he's still caught up in the culture he was became a part of, has become a part of him. It's very unfortunate, but one sees that. You have someone, the entire Bach, sitting here learning in Yishalayim. And for whatever reason, he lands up going to some place in Chutzlaretz, which is exactly the opposite of Yerushalayim. Even if you're going to bring him back here a few years later, he's a different person. Yeah. Oh, right now, he isn't in the place where he was exposed to whatever he was exposed to, but it influences him. He's changed. The same happens to the nefesh. The nefesh just goes into the gulf, he gets influenced. But I don't say the person will go back, to, for whatever reason, he has to, to a place which the influences aren't good. But he's not going to accept it. He spends the whole time trying to fight it. 
Every time he goes outside, blocks his eyes, he blocks his ears, he, he doesn't want to get involved in any conversations, he definitely doesn't want to spend time with anybody there. Does that mean that as long as he's in that place, he won't be subject to the, the temptations of the place? No, if you're in such a place, that's the Messias. But the more that he tries to fight against it, means that if you now take him back out of that place again, so he's less influenced by it. And now that he isn't in, the, in that surroundings, now it's not that to, to drag him down. Since he always resisted it, now he made it. It doesn't affect him. It's the same thing. The nefesh which is in the body is in a place, it's in a society of Gashmis. Not just the body, it's in, like the Chayyus said, the whole world that it's in. It's all the world of Gashmis. And if that's the case, the, the nefesh is going to get affected. It's going to become a Gushim. It's going to get interested in all the Gashmis things the body has, and it's going to get all the bad minutes that the body has, and they're going to stay with it even afterwards. And the only way to prevent it is if a person's always working against his body, not to, do, not to overcome his body, that's not shaykh, but working against what the body wants him to do. Because that way it's like maintaining, maintaining his standard. I don't want to become uh, like, uh, overpowered by the tires of my body. And therefore, I'm, I'm going to work to try to some extent to remain dif- separate from it, to maintain a distance from it, not just to give it to every tire of my body wants. You know, I was giving a share list today to a group came from a chutzlar, so I was going to give them a share. And I was just thinking, uh, imagine this as an example. Imagine you go to some Shabbos getaway, some chasen, some event, whatever it's going to be, and you see tables laden with every kind of imaginable food. Imagine you go to one of the people there. Oh, there's people, everyone's looking forward to enjoying themselves. You say, you know what? You should really control how much you eat. So well, I'm not on diet. So no, I didn't mean that. But it's, it's not good for you and the Shama to just be so... You know, just unlimited eating. I share as much as you can. What are they going to tell you? What's the problem, man? Shama's all kosher. What's the problem? Mashkir's right there. Right? Is there a concept today that Be'etzim, Taiva Sakhila in itself is a bad thing? Just to eat for the sake of eating. Just because you see so much good food, wow, let's just eat all of it. If Taiva Sakhila itself is a bad thing, it doesn't exist, Kimat. If it's a, it has a good heksha, it's kosher. What's the problem? Why can't I eat? But that's a certain nakuda. It means a person's become mugushim. The body wants to eat. There's, he's offering no resistance to that. There's no share of should I eat, shouldn't I eat, how much should I eat. Am I eating too much? As it is, maybe it's, it's uh, maybe a novel It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, which better means that a person's nefesh is, is given into the culture of the body. That's it. He'll go to Shemaim looking forward to having a smoker's body. Right? But three, there was no resistance. Mashanka it's a certain it's to some extent to some extent. A certain level that a person's trying to detach from the type of So he's not just a willing participant which is gonna get influenced by whatever his body wants. And certainly I can I don't have to eat everything. If I don't need to eat well, I'm just doing this for the sake of type it's a middle which isn't a good middle. Is there some interest in the government? I used to tell what Revolve used to say, and I stopped because people don't understand what I'm talking about anymore. Revolve used to say that they used to have a Hogan Yeshiva. And that is, before a person goes to eat, think Mirosh, how much you're going to eat, before you see the food. You don't know what's on the table, you don't know what's, uh, what's for lunch. So before you see it, make a decision how much do I need to eat in order to be satisfied, in order to have a good meal. Before you see what it is. And you think, I need three pieces of bread, I need four pieces of bread. Think. I need one, one plate of food, I need maybe one and a half plates, whatever, it doesn't make sense. Decide five plates. The main thing is, once you see the food, you don't change your mind. 
It's not that because today Shnitzel I'm going to take two. I decided I needed one. It's not that because I go to Chas Nasi and this isn't the regular like greasy chicken. This is like something fancy. So I want to ask for more. That's just time. Decide by Rosh. How much do I need? And that's what you need to stick to. He tried to argue with Why are you talking about? Who ever thought about such a thing? This food I'm gonna. I don't know. I want to see what it is. That's I'm gonna decide how much I can eat. And in another instead, I'm gonna confess to my room afterwards also. Right? It, it, it's just showing a complete giving in to the culture of the body. And the same with any other meat of the body. Whether it's atlas, whether it's taiva, whether it's whatever it's going to be. But the problem here, and this is the scary part, it affects the nefesh. It's not just while a person's here in the body, so his body enjoys eating, so he's going to have a good time. He thinks, ah, the second I die, when the shaman's going to be Kaddish Matar. It's not going to happen by itself. The nefesh gets affected. And unless a person's working here, here now, to detach himself from his body, then that nefesh is going to remain interested in what the body was interested in. Nefesh is going to get in, get tarnished, get influenced, get overtaken by whatever type of the body you have, and it's going to remain like that afterwards. And therefore, he says, the middle, uh, this is an example, a middle which is naturally hard for the body, and a person is going to work on it, it's not going to come easy always, because it's the nature of the body, it has this middle. But what is going to help the person, it's going to help the person that at least that way, he's detached his nefesh from it. And therefore, if, as much as I worked on it here, when a person's nefesh eventually leaves his body, it isn't held back by it anymore. He's managed to resist it to some extent over here, it'll be coined at Pashlemus Godel, Lasid Lava, Yisklava Emes. Ashabari Yisparach Yitunay, Sharri Khalif Mashishtan Lachra Abzman Avidasa. That will be the schar he gets for what he worked on here, was that he won't get influenced by it then. And he'll go back to Shemaim Kodesh Matar without being influenced by the Tavis of the body.